everyone, this is T Drake, your podcasting godmother of connection. Now, have you ever wanted to start your very own podcast, but you're just unsure of what to do? Well, guess what? I've been there. So I'm going to help you out. I am going to help you with your social media, your messaging, and so much more. You will even get access to some of my podcasting friends. So guess what? There's a lot that you're going to get. So I hope that you'll join me in this amazing opportunity. Now, all of that sounds great that I just talked to you about. Now, I bet you're wondering, the whiff up. What's in it for me, T. Drake? Tell me what this is going to run me. And you can best assure that I'm going to make it affordable for everyone to participate And I'm so glad it's going to be spectacular, stupendous, amazing. Oh my gosh, you can hardly believe it. So this is what it is. Now I'm going to be offering something amazing for sessions that I normally offer for $1,000 value. But for a limited time, I am offering a special offer for my first 100 students not for 500 not for 450 not for 350 not even for 250 but for 200 dollars you got it t drake your podcast godmother of connection is offering this to truly help those that have been on the fence now is the time to pull the trigger and use your roar let's go Welcome to the Walk in Truth Christian Fellowship Church broadcast on the WITRN network. Come join us as we study the Word of God together. Go get your Bible and let's see what the Holy Spirit is saying to us today. Um, He is the founder and pastor of Walk in Truth Christian Fellowship Church, St. Louis, Missouri. He is a Bible teacher, Um, he is an expositor of the word, he studies the word all day while I'm downstairs working in the basement. He's upstairs studying, reading, listening, doing all he can to absorb God's word so he can get it to God's people. So I'm here to introduce to some and present to others Pastor James C. Sutton II, pastor of Walking Truth Christian Fellowship Church. Amen. 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 I thank God. I thank God today. So I want to thank everybody for coming. I want to thank the pastor of this house. Forty some years being a pastor. I wouldn't wish that on my enemy. Y'all just don't know the sacrifice the pastor and first lady do. Yeah. And I just want to thank you today. Yeah. I want to thank you guys for having me. Yeah. Like Stacy said, I'm Dr. James Southern, Walk to Christian Fellowship Church out of St. Louis, Missouri. Right. And I thank God for my family. Amen. Stand up, family. Give the Lord a hand. Praise God. Right. Right. Everybody should be standing because we all family. See? Right. Right. I treat y'all already. Because we all family in Christ. Yeah. There's no strangers. So let's get started. Let's open up our Bibles to uh, Matthew chapter 121. And it tells us, he shall bear a son, 
And his name shall be Jesus. Yes. And he is coming to the world to take yes. care of the sins of his people. Yes, right. Now I want you to go to uh, uh, I want you to go to Matthew, uh, Luke chapter 19, verse 1 through 10. Verse 1. He entered Jericho. And there was a man named Zacchaeus. And he was seeking to see who Jesus was. But because of the crowd, he could not see Jesus because of his stature. So he ran ahead into climbed up in a sycamore tree to see him. For he was about to pass through that way. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up at Zacchaeus and said, Zacchaeus, come on down. For I must stay at your house today. So he hurried down and he received him joyfully. And when they saw, they grumbled, they murmured. He's going to be in the guest of a man who's a sinner. Hmm. Behold, Lord, half of my goods I will give away to the poor. And if I defrauded anyone at any time, I will restore it fourfold. And Jesus said to him, this is it. Today, salvation has come to this house. Because also, too, he's a son of Abraham. For the son of man came to seek and to save the lost. Let's say amen. amen. The name of this message, and I was thinking about it because I'm teaching out of Luke back home, and this is a six-part lesson, so I'm going to try to get all six parts in the sermon. Amen. So think about this. Think about, I want you to think about this. And, and then I'm going to name this, come down to receive your blessing. Come down to receive your salvation. In this narrative, and, and Jesus got an interesting way of talking because in this narrative timeline, he's only a few way, few days away from the cross. And he's finished teaching his lessons from uh, chapter 14 to chapter 19. He's only a few days from going to the cross. And now we have the story that intercedes and intercepts his mission. And as Jesus goes forward, there's a divine appointment that he has to make. When you see in the Bible Jesus detouring to make a divine appointment, that shows you that's important. There's a lot for us to get out of this because it demonstrates the providence of God. Some of you, God has destined a divine appointment. Some of you think that you had incidents, accidents, or I call them the CIAs of life. Circumstances, incidents, and accidents. But it's on your way to a divine appointment. So let's deal with the context of the story. We have Jesus on his way to the cross. He's just a couple days out. He's going through Jericho. And as he's going through Jericho, there is a tax collector. But not just a tax collector, but a chief tax collector. And this chief tax collector is named Zacchaeus. Let me tell you something about Zacchaeus. Anybody know what name Zacchaeus means? All right, let me tell you. Glad you asked. Watch this. Zacchaeus means pure and innocent. And Jericho means perfume. So this chief tax collector 
is pure. His name is pure and innocent, and he's a town for fragrant perfume. But see, what we have to get into, minister, is what kind of person is the chief tax collector of that time? Well, let me go and break it down to you. Just like people buy franchises at McDonald's, you had to buy a franchise to be a tax collector, especially a chief one. A chief one had actually turned his back on his nation and his religion. He had become part of the oppressive Roman Empire. One day, this child that was named innocent and pure decided to sell out. Mm -hmm. Decided to sell out everything that would meant to be a Jew. All right. He decided to sell out the temple worship. He decided to sell out his nation. And he had become unclean. A lot of us don't know that in the, in the book of Luke, he has dealt with tax collectors six times. And if you read it, the people always lump the tax collectors into what? Sinners. Because they had done something that was not right according to their religion. Do you know sometimes we do stuff that's not right according to our religion, but it's a setup for God? See, sometimes what we do is get so high and mighty that we, we think that because we come to church, we punch the clock, we go to Bible study, that that's it. That's not it. Because it has nothing to do with your salvation. There's some people sitting in here that have been to church and they say, Come on now, come on. Yeah, I know you don't want to hear that kind of teaching, but that's true. Come on. See, I don't want to hear about what you got. I want to hear about your relationship with Jesus Christ. See, I want to hear how he picked you up when there was no one else to pick you up. Come on now. I ask people about their salvation, you know what they normally say to me? Well, you know, I was born and my uncle was a bishop and my da 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 da. What they got to do with your salvation? Salvation is personal. It's not a group, it's not a group event. And your relative goodness don't get you in because your relative goodness is not holy enough. But let's get back to Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus was an outcast. Say outcast. Okay. Zacchaeus was like a leper. Say like a leper. Like a leper. And he was a short man. He couldn't see. All right, all right, all right. So now, Zacchaeus, something has happened that you got to read between the lines and see the spiritual. Zacchaeus would tax the people. He was a chief tax collector. He wasn't like Levi. Mm -hmm. Levi worked for him. Mm -hmm. He was the boss of bosses. He was the mafia of the day. Right, right, right. And on the way to Jericho, there were three points of taxation. There was Jericho, there was Capernaum, and there was the sea coast. And he was under Archelaus, which was the brother of Antipas, and his job was to make sure all the tax collectors got all the money from Rome. And there was a benefit to being a tax collector. And I can understand why he did this because what he would do was tax everybody that would come through. All the pilgrims, I think about thousands of pilgrims, on their way to the Passover feast. And they had to pass that way home to the south. And they just in the street. And he would set up his booth. And all the tax collectors would run along and get tax money from the, from the pilgrims. And not only could he get the tax money that was due wrong, but they said, you know, Zacchaeus, anything you get extra, you keep. Mm -hmm. So Zacchaeus was an extorter of people. Mm -hmm. You would get the normal tax, but then he might tax you for how many wheels on your wagon. Yeah. <laughs> he might tax you for the number of legs on your donkey. Yeah. He might tax you for how many kids you have. And guess what? He got to keep all that money. Yeah. He was a crook. He was a pimp. Mm -hmm. 
right person for Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. See, sometimes, sometimes we get in this thing that, oh, I got to be so righteous enough. No, 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 you can't be righteous enough to be holy. Come on now, come on now. Quit fooling yourself. We brag on what we have, we brag on what we do, but can you brag on the last time you got on your knees and repented for your sin? No, no, you don't want to do that. You want bigger, bigger bonds and more stuff. But then I think in the story passed and said that uh, he called the man a fool. He said because his soul was required in him. Nothing that you have will get you into heaven because you can't take it with you. Come on now. So Zacchaeus was a tax collector. And the Bible says, what it say? He was very what? Rich. rich. He wasn't the ordinary rich. He was that uh, Elon Musk type of rich. He didn't have to worry about nothing. Or nobody. And he had the strength of Rome and the Rome's goons to back him up. Even though he was short, he could call them his goons. It's like, they ain't got their money, kick them out of their house. You ain't got your money, break his legs. See, he was the modern day mafia. But he was out of the will of God. And he was separated from his nation, his religion, and what he had grown up to be. Can you imagine the shame that his parents had? He named him pure and innocent. And he grown up to be a crook. He could not go to temple worship. He could not go to temple worship. Whatever worship he may or may not do, he had to do it off the temple grounds. Remember the story of the Pharisee and the publican? The publican is a tax collector. And the Pharisee would talk about how righteous he was and how holy he was and how sanctified he was and he bragged on it. And then it was the publican who was afar off. He said he'd beat his chest and say, God have mercy on me for I am a sinner. And if Jesus asked, who do you think went away justified? See, we got too many people talking about who they are, not who Jesus is. Come on now, come on now. Hmm. I, I am a paradigm shifter. I'm going to set, uh, set some of your equilibrium. Because it needs to be upset because we got to get out of church as usual. You right Come on now. we got to get back to the plain thing. That's right. It says faith come by hearing and hearing come by the word of God. And it says, and Paul said, I know nothing else but Jesus Christ and him crucified. He said, for I'm not ashamed of the gospel for the power of God unto salvation to the Jew first and to the Greek for all those who believe. You got people chasing stuff other than the salvation. Mm -hmm. Come on, but now. something happened in the midnight hour with Zacchaeus. See, we don't know how God is working on somebody. The providence of God is working on people that we least expect. So he can get the glory. I don't want to hear nothing about your glory. I want to hear about his. Pastor said that. I mean, we can talk about and be happy about a lot of things, but the thing about it is, how does God get glory out of what you do and what you say? Or do you get the vain glory? That must be Jesus calling. <laughs> Amen. Amen. But what we're going to do is Zacchaeus is sitting there, he's going through the motions, and, and, and he said, he says, he says, he wanted to see who this Jesus was. So this tells me that 
At this point in time of the journey, Jesus had been known to do all these miracles. He, about this time, has raised Lazarus from the dead. And where Lazarus, Bethany is only like two miles away. So he had heard about this Jesus. He heard about the Jesus who raised everybody from the dead. He heard about the Jesus who fed 5,000 people. He heard about the Jesus who made the blind man see. He understood there was somebody special coming along. And he didn't know if that was a prophet or the Messiah. But by now, Jesus was like a rock star. There are thousands of people, hundreds of people, following Jesus as they make their three-time pilgrimage to Jerusalem. And this is one of them, for Passover. Every male Jew was required three times to go to Jerusalem, and Passover was one of them. But this Passover is going to be different from the Passovers because this is the Passover. He's going to be the sacrificial lamb. So he's on his way. Zacchaeus wants to see him, but Cassius was a short man. <laughs> He's short in stature, but is he also short in sight? People argue over about the story in the, in the Bible about the, the blind man, and there's a one blind man and a two blind men. And there's actually three blind men. It was the two, and then it was the kids. They was blind and could not see because of sight. Zacchaeus was blind and could not see because he was short and a sinner. Mm -hmm. Sinners can't see God. Sinners can't see God. Self-righteous, self-esteem people can't see God. Too many times in our churches we preach the psychological, sociological thing of self-esteem. And other things, self-esteem just leads to selfishness. Because if you think more of yourself than the Bible, the Bible says, don't think more of yourself than you should. Right. What do you think? So Zacchaeus decides he wants to see what's going on. Now Zacchaeus couldn't take a chance on running in the crowd. Because the crowd that he would run in didn't like him very much. So being a short man, can you imagine Zacchaeus running through a crowd of hundreds of thousands of people? Can you imagine how many elbows to the head he would have got? <laughs> <laughs> or a knife in the back. So Zacchaeus runs ahead. Just picture, I want y'all to paint this picture. He runs ahead with a little bit of legs. <laughs> and he gets far enough ahead of the crowd, because you can see the dust cloud coming, and he climbs up a sycamore tree. All right, all right. And he's sitting up there swinging his legs like a little kid, look like he's going to say something. He's going to take a peek at who Jesus was. All right, all right, all right. But as the crowd got closer, as the crowd walked closer, all of a sudden he could see Jesus. And he was hoping Jesus couldn't see him. <laughs> but the thing about it is, you can't be high from God. You can climb the highest mountain, go into the lowest valley, into the depths of the sea. You can't hide from God. And today was his day. See, we got to have a date with Christ. Do you know the day you got saved? Or do you just was playing and saved? I know you've been to church. I know you've been given the right hand of fellowship. But that's not salvation. That's religion. Okay. Okay. Salvation is a sovereign God acting upon a sin-sick soul in his given time because he is working on that soul by himself, for himself, for his glory. So what he does is save those who are wretched, save those who are cast out by society to show his glory. But this time, he's going to save somebody who's free. God has no respect of person. Yeah, right. You need to come down out of that tree. All right, all you need to come down off that high horse you think you want. Right. 
I don't care what they call me, what title you got. I, I don't care what title I got. I'm just a servant of God. Because he ain't going to ask me about Dr. Sutton. He's not going to ask me about Pastor Sutton. He's going to ask me, oh, have you been a good, faithful servant? Have you served the people what they needed so they can be saved? See, because the same word that cuts you is the same word that cures you, see? See, the word that cuts you to your knees to get saved, but then it'll pick you up so you can walk in the sanctification, the power of resurrection. See, I need some people to learn how to walk in the power of resurrection. Because when you walk in the power of resurrection, you walk above your circumstances. Okay, now. But you need to come down to that truth. Whatever you want, come on down. Because Jesus wants you to come down so we can talk to you. But sometimes Jesus has to look up at you. Can you imagine that kid sitting there saying, Oh, I see who he is, but he ain't much. I don't know why these people follow him. Then all of a sudden, Jesus stops. Like so many times that he do, he turned up and looked at him and said, Some kids! Come on down from that tree. Just like he called to Daniel. He said, I saw you sitting under the tree. Jesus knows who you are. But it's a special kind of thing when he called him. He called the kids. And he told them to come on down. And when the kids came down, the kids didn't know what to say. But Jesus knew what to say. Okay. Jesus said, Today I must stay at your house. He didn't even ask him could he could he. He said, I must stay at your house. All right, all right. See, when God said he must do something, can't nothing stop. But you have to remember, this is a divine appointment. This appointment was ordained before the foundation of the earth. Okay. That he would come and cause the kids. And let me tell you something. When God comes to do a miracle on you, it's not just for you, it's for those around you that's watching you. See, too many times people say, oh, God, you did this to me, God, you did that to me. But then who benefits from it but the people who ain't saved that's watching you? So come on down, kids. And it said he received them gladly. And I thank God for that. That when God really shows up, Something has changed in Zacchaeus' heart. All right, and he's going right. to receive him gladly. All right. And then, here with the church folk of me. <laughs> and some of your Bibles you may say murmur. And your ears may say they grumble. I like grumble. <laughs> Pastor, you know, they, you know, when you upset their equilibrium, they start grumbling. <laughs> I mean, when I go with that church, I tell everybody to stand up, and I tell them all switch. Because sometimes you get too used to sitting in the same spot. Right. Right. You think that spot belongs to you. I would challenge this church. Go listen to the word of God in a different spot one day. You might hear the freshness of the word. Encourage somebody else to come up front. Ain't no magic to this. This is all God's house. And Pastor, I'm going to tell you one thing I did to get people grumbling. I bought somebody who wasn't minister up in the pool pit. It was like, and I sat down there. And see, I learned it's better to be half up than be sat down. Remember that, minister. That's why I took that seat. What a disrespect to you. It was it's better to be ass up than be told to come down. That's a little too. So, so you got this thing. You got you got some kids and they started grumbling. self-righteous religious people start gurgling and murmuring because they think that they are the protectors of God. Mm -hmm. 
God don't need your protection. Too many times, I'm telling y'all, read the Gospels real slow. The disciples still ain't got it. The women got it, but they ain't got it. They still acting like knuckleheads. Back in 18, they told the children, don't come to him, don't come to him. That's the master. What you mean? Jesus said, let these children come. You can't protect God. But see, they didn't believe he was God because he was talking something counterintuitive to what they wanted. They wanted somebody to overthrow Rome and put them back in charge. The men hear that kind of stuff. The women hear, he's the savior of the whole world. Women, you don't need titles. You just be a relationship with God. And sometimes you can be a better minister than the pastor that's sitting up there in the Yeah, okay. That's too hard teaching. Let me back up. Let me, let, me, let me get you happy in here. So let me, let, me, let me do this. So then, there's this break. And then after this break, they grumbling and mumbling. And then now picture this. You have to remember he's on his way to Passover. And that if he ate with sinners and tax collectors and thieves and harlots, he would be deemed unclean. So you know what they murmuring about? The same thing they was wondering about when he talked to a woman at the well. Yeah. They were like, look, what is Jesus doing? Don't he know that she a harlot? Don't he know that she a Samaritan? See, you try to control where Jesus go when Jesus saved you. Amen. Sometimes we forget where we come from. Amen. All of us ain't come from self-righteous, upstanding church folk. <laughs> Maybe I'm the only one. Y'all can act like it, but your, 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 your walk don't even show that. All right now. Okay. Don't say, tell me about where you came from. Tell me about what you're doing now. Come on, to now. serve the Lord. I don't want to hear all that. All that history don't mean nothing. But it's to say it's sanctified and full of the Holy Ghost. Mm -hmm. So we got the time he went in there and he said, it must stay with you. We don't know how long he stayed, but he stayed long enough. And see, one thing, the Bible is good. He wants, the Bible wants you to think. We need to get saved people thinking and thinking people saving it. Yeah, right. He wants you to think about what kind of conversation did he have that produced him to come out and renounce all that he used to do? What kind of conversation did he have with him to get this man, this rich man who's a crook, who's a thief, who's a gangster, and come and say, whatever I've got, I give half of it to the poor. Whoever I'm wrong, I'm going to practice Leviticus and Deuteronomy and give a fourth of it back. You know what he told him? Jesus always tells a person, write the book they covenant. And he tells them, I'm here so you won't have to covet no more. I'm here to save you. Remember, we read in 121, he came, his name is Jesus, and he came to save his people from their sin. Jesus will always talk about your sin and his salvation. He's not going to talk about you, a car. You get that on your own. He's not going to talk about up in the big house. You get that on your own. Because you know how I know that? Because there's, there's, there's sinful people that got big stuff. So it's never about the stuff, it's about the Christ and the stuff. And let me tell you something, God will hit you right at what you come It could be money, it could be people, it could be places and things, it could be this building. You telling me you're not saved and something happened to this building? Some of you wouldn't know what to do. But let me tell you, the Bible tells me somewhere that 
Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit, dwells in houses that are not made by hands. The Holy Spirit tells that Jesus Christ in you, the hope of glory. So even if something happens to this building, you will still sanctify and sealed by the Holy Spirit. Get no amen on that because again, we, we focus on the building and not the building of the people. Amen, amen. Read Ephesians chapter 4 of what the uh, 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 fivefold rest, the fourfold ministry is supposed to be for, for one purpose and one purpose only to build up the saints until we all come to the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. See, when I'm built up inside, I can walk through storms. When I'm built up inside, I can walk in the power of resurrection. When I'm built up inside, I can raise above any circumstance in this man's See, I just look at it as a stepping stone into a divine appointment. Come on now, right now, right now. Wonderful Jesus. 1 Timothy. 1 Timothy 1.15. Somebody get that read. I want you to read. I want somebody else to read that. 1 Timothy. 115, read this. Read what a trustworthy saying is. The saying is trustworthy and deserving of full acceptance. All right, stop. This saying, so get ready. This saying is trustworthy. And what? And what? That Christ Jesus. No, no. This is trustworthy and what? Deserving of full acceptance. Deserving and full acceptance. That means you ain't got no choice, saints. All right. You better listen. Turn to somebody and say, you better listen. You better listen. Because this, because this said is trustworthy. And worthy of what? Worthy of full acceptance. Full acceptance. You can't take it partially away. You got to take it all Just like some good medicine, you got to take it all the way down. You got to take some medicine. And for those of us who grew up on cast oil, you had to take it all Come on now. Come on now. You had to take it all. You couldn't just take a little bit. You had to take it all for it to work like it was supposed to work. The same way with the word of God. You got to take on the full counsel of God for it to work on your heart. Go ahead. What's the truth acceptable saying? That Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. That Christ Jesus came into where? This world to save sinners. To which Nicodemus is one of them. In Luke chapter 15, it talks about it talks about the how God is looked at, but God the Father is looked at. Since this is Father's Day, it talks about one, the, the sheep. We all know that. He left the 99 and went after the one. See, what you think is Zacchaeus was looking for God. No, God was looking for Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus responded to God. And that's it. Because the Bible says that we, that he loved us first. Right. That means it started with him and it ends with him and we in the middle. Yeah. Can you imagine between being sandwiched in the butt between the love of God? See, that's what I'm going through. I can, don't make no difference which way you turn me. God has got me. Yeah. Right. You right. see, so, 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 in Luke 15, chapter, uh, starting at verse 4, it talks about the lost sheep. And he says, he finds the sheep, and then he says, uh, truly, truly, I say, all heaven and angels rejoice. And then he goes to the lost coin, the woman, you know, you women, y'all lose some money, y'all will find it, amen. Y'all will look for that money. You're going to sweep up and fold up until you find it. See, and then say, when the woman found it, she got her friends, and they all rejoice. Mama got her through, and, she, and they all rejoice. Because she found that money she was, she was looking for. And then he breaks down in the story of the prodigal son. Let me tell you something. And the story is not about being the son. It's about the goodness of God. 
See, we focus on the, on the sons. Both sons tore up. The one that left and took what he was supposed to, and the one who stayed that was jealous. One was religious and one was unrighteous, but they both missed God. And the father says, he, while he was afar off, he saw his son and he ran to him. And the, and the son had preconceived notions of being, being a slave, but the, he said, no, you can't be a slave because you're my son. And he put the ring on him, and that's when the grumbling started. The son said, but dad, I stayed with you. I did all the religious stuff. I did what was right for by a Jew. But you know, why would you get my son who took everything he was supposed to? He said, look, son, you had it all, and it all belongs to you, yes. But your brother, say your brother, is lost, and now he's found. We need the church to start looking for lost people. Get out of these pews and walk out to these neighborhoods and look for these lost people. They sit there waiting for you. The Great Commission is not in here, it's out there. Some of us sit in our little lofty positions and, and we pontificate them. We have these events and we pat each other on the back. Pastor, that's good. Pastor, that's great. Pastor, 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 pastor. And deepen it up. Stop. All right, all right. Let's celebrate once the work is done. Because let me let me give you the points. Because he said, when one soul is saved, truly, truly, I say, he said it twice. When one soul is saved, all heaven rejoices. In right, right. Luke chapter twelve, it says it's God's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. He wants to give it to you, but you gotta come down. You gotta come down on who you think you are, what you think you are, what you think you have, and come down and deal with Jesus on where He's at. He'll meet you, but you gotta come down. Like I'm praying. 
That's the short version of my peanut butter story. But what I'm trying to point out is, in context, it's so important. Context, context, context. Good context leads to the better interpretation leads, leads to an awesome application. So let's go with it. Let, yeah, we're not going to read much of it, but I'm just going to touch on this. In Romans 8.23, which everybody loves to quote, and wear it like a Nike shirt, we all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. I see most church folks saying that. When they do something wrong. And they don't want to be correct. We all, you can't. No, the word of God is for correction. If it's wrong, it's wrong. And as a pastor, minister, and a child of God, I need to tell you when you're wrong. All right, based right. upon the word of God. Yeah. See, we need to judge. See, I can use this. We need to judge and not be judgmental. Yes, there's a difference because there's no condemnation for those of us in Christ Jesus, which means there's no heaven or hell that you can put me in. So don't worry about what I'm told is wrong. I'm telling you it's wrong because I love you. Yes, if you're about to jump off a cliff, when you want me to scream and shout and say, Luke, don't go there? We judge every day between right and wrong. Quit using that scripture because you're a sinner inside the church and you don't want nobody to say nothing to you. Am I okay? I don't want to run over time. So, so, 823, we all fall short of the Lord of God. Who are the weak? Go up to 8 Romans 18. This tells everything. There is none good. Come on. There is none good. Say no part. No, not one. So as good as I may think I am compared to Steve, the Bible just checked me. It said there's none good, no, not one. There's none that understand. There's none that seek it after God. See that verse? Seek it. There's none that seek it after God. We are all gone astray. Maybe if you don't like that, maybe you want to Ephesians chapter 2 where it talks about we all follow the prince of the power of the air. See, you forget who you were before God saved you. You was no good and you was a castaway just like Zacchaeus. And maybe the scary, the hardest person to save is the person that has relative goodness in their life. Because they raise relative goodness to holiness. And what you do when you raise relative goodness to holiness, you break down God to your level. Come on now, baby. He was already at your level because the Bible says at one time we have them according to the flesh. But no more should we know anyone according to the flesh. That means every time I look at you, every time I look at a person, I'm looking at a soul that needs to be saved. I don't care what you've done. I don't care where you've been. I don't care who you associate with. I don't care how much the church has kicked you out. I'm going to talk to you like you a person that needs to be saved. I don't care. If Jesus can, can talk to somebody who's on the outs, who am I? Because I was on the outs one time too. Too many times in our churches, we close the door with people that God wants to talk to. Come on now, come on now. We got our own little dance, our own little song. And if somebody walking here, they just need some Jesus. That's it. They need some saints that want to cry and pray. Yes, it does. In Matthew uh, 5 8, 5 8, it says that uh, the pure in heart will see God. Yes, they will. Mm -hmm. And the only people who are pure in heart are saved. Nicodemus got saved. Because 
Nicodemus, I'm sorry, Zacchaeus got saved. And so did Nicodemus get saved. But Zacchaeus got saved because his heart became pure. And you know why his heart became pure? Because he had a changed mind. He repented. Romans 2 and 4 tells us, don't you know that the goodness of God should lead you to repentance? Jesus said, I have come to save the righteous, but I came to call the, the wicked, the castaway, to repentance. I came to call sinners to repentance. Mm -hmm. See, when we preach on this death, that is our only job. Our job is not to be no psychological come up one person. My job is to preach Jesus Christ and Him crucified. If you get saved, I just trust God because He said all these other things will be added to you if you seek His righteousness. You can't seek His righteousness until God saves you. That's it. That's it. Timothy of our mind, a broken mind, Ephesians chapter 4, verse starting verse 17. But the goodness comes in Romans 8 24. Read that, somebody. Romans 8 24. I'm going to land this plane. Start at 23. Let's, let's, let's get it on. And not only the creation, but we ourselves. Who have the first fruits of the Spirit grown inwardly? That's Romans 8 24. Yeah. No, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. Uh, go to. Uh, I hate when I start to get the Holy Spirit say, okay, that's enough. <laughs> All right, go to. Uh, go to. Uh, you Romans 3. Yeah, 3. I'm sorry. I was in the right book at the wrong place. <laughs> Romans 3 23 and 24. Thank you. For all have sinned, For all have sinned and, fall short of the and fall short of the glory of God and are justified by his grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. You are justified not by you but by his grace which is a gift. Ephesians chapter 2 says we're saved by grace through faith. Faith in the finished work on the cross. You're not saved by faith in your faith. Faith in a person of that, that, that's human like you. Your faith in the Lord and his finished work on the cross. Because that's why he said it is finished. What is finished? The atonement is done. You don't need nobody else. It says that Jesus is our propitiation for our sins. It says he is our high priest interceding on our behalf. You don't need to come to us as long as we take you to Jesus. Yes. If we take you to someplace other than Jesus, stop following us. Right now, baby. Too many people are following these TV preachers and they ain't taking them nowhere. Right. And that's why you gotta get a shot at the drilling there you go there. Come on, so when you talk the pure word of God and all that it contains, you can walk and be in the lion's den and the lion won't eat you up. You can walk and be in fire and you won't even you'll come out and not smell like you You can be in victorious because I walk in the victory of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Because he died and he raised for me on the third day. See, when he raised, he raised for my justification. That there is no more condemnation for those of us who write Jesus. We are sealed by the Holy Spirit and we have peace with God. Yes. God bless you. Let's pray. Oh, grace and heavenly Father, I just thank you today. I pray that your word went out. Yes, Lord. Lord, we give you all the glory. And all the honor and all the praise. Lord, we just thank you today. Thank you, Lord. We thank you for your gospel. That saves any soul. Yes, Lord. We thank you for your blood that was shed abroad for our sins. And we thank you for your resurrection that we may walk in victory. Yes, Lord. Lord, no matter where we go, no matter what we have, teach us, O Lord. Yes, Lord. Teach us, O Lord. Teach us, Lord. 
Teach us how to love God's word. Love God's people. And love God's salvation. In Jesus' name I pray. Thank you for tuning in to the Walk in Truth Christian Fellowship Church broadcast on the WITRN network. Come join us every Sunday at 9 a.m. Central Standard Time for Sunday worship. Bible study is held on Tuesdays at 11 a.m. and 7 p.m. Central Standard Time. We are located at 3006 North Lindbergh Boulevard Suite 711, St. Louis, Missouri, 63074. All are welcome and we look forward to seeing you soon.